0: what's up everybody welcome to the dog trainers podcast today we're gonna be going over the hard difficult conversations that we need to have sometimes with our clients and the best ways to go about them. welcome to the dog trainers podcast a podcast created by dog trainers for dog trainers or anyone who's ever fallen in love with man's best friend episode 3 is all about connecting with our clients What's up, everybody? This is Brent Lebrado with Candice Behavior and Training. How's it going, guys? My name is
1: Mariano, Untamed Dog Training.
0: What's up? And this is our podcast. Uh, we started this podcast so we could talk to you guys about the things that dog trainers have to go through every single day, uh, working with clients, working with animals, rescues, breeders. Uh, you know, you name it. Uh, so we're here to kind of tell you guys a little bit of what our perspective is uh, in the industry. So Mariano, what, uh, what subject you wanna talk about today, my friend?
1: Well, today I wanted to talk about all the fun little nuance and the, the difficulties I think of dealing with clients. Okay, so more specifically, yeah. something that we were just talking about you know, off air right now was do you remember the first time you had to tell a client no or maybe kind of put your foot down a bit or maybe be confident enough to turn someone down who for whatever reason just wouldn't be a good fit to work with you?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think there's, um, there's a lot of insecurities that let's say like a novice dog trainer would have. Um, I would say like a majority, like for my story specifically, when I was a dog trainer, I wanted to help people, right? So it's really hard when you wanna help someone to be direct or um, you know, uh, in essence, not, tr- not try and tell them what they wanna hear. And I think that's that's in every profession. If you're early on in that profession, um, sometimes it's really hard to stick to your guns and the knowledge and the fact that you know. So right. uh yeah, I totally get that. Totally get that.
1: Yeah, you know, and I think I think that I think that is a good way to put the problem though, is telling them what they want to hear. And it's not it's not a lie. I mean it's it's I think that a a novice dog trainer has that tendency of biting off more that they can chew. And it's not because they don't know how to work with the dog, it's because maybe they just on accident, or they may
0: not. They may not know how to work
1: with the client exactly, and and they, then they, they don't they know how to let them account. down easy in terms of like, oh, you know what, I'm I'm very sorry, but no matter what, your Great Dane is just never going to be as sharp as that like Malinois. You know, he can be a right. good trained dog. Don't get me wrong, but there's there are differences there that training won't account for.
0: Well, exactly. I mean, we even run into things like different different client types, right? So, um, you know, like I'll, it's really easy for you to work with a client who's a lot like you. Right. I think that's, that's the big thing. Um, there's this comedian who goes, uh, he goes, you know, you might have multiple kids. He goes, but you know you have your favorite. And he goes, and the only reason that it's your favorite is because it's the most that's like you. Um, and it's, I, kinda, I would kind of agree with that. Like when I was a younger dog trainer, I loved the people who were like me, the people who were happy, passionate, wanting to have fun with their dogs, wanting to engage with their dogs, the people who were really active. Those were the easy people to really reach out to. Um, and then, you know, as I got better and better and better with working with clients, you know, working with the people who are this close to the edge of getting rid of the dog mm. or working uh, with people who, you know, are fed up with the dog and, and what kind of rhetoric and, and hope can you really bring into that person's life so that way they understand that, you know, there's hope for fixing a problem, or dealing with a problem, or helping a problem. Um, and again, we're doing it all in the name of trying to d- save this dog's life and prevent them from going to a shelter or a rescue. Um, and, you know, in essence, like uh, the more advanced you get as a dog trainer, the better you have to be at your relationship counseling skills <laughs> and your coaching skills with your
1: clients. You know, that that's interesting because you bring up a point that sounds very, you know, I'm sure dog trainers know, or maybe the You know more novice dog trainers don't know that sounds very uh, you know adept like from a human psychological standpoint and i think it stands to reason that people who are more like you you're more capable of understanding and therefore empathizing with but people who are different it's it's like a muscle that you have to develop that you know you can accept the difference and still try to find that way to kind of be with them and there for them in that sort of sense even though you don't necessarily mesh Right. And, right. It, and it is fun to try to do that from a client perspective. And I do know what you mean, how it, it takes a while. The better you get, the better you can, the more diverse of a client you can deal with, someone who's different than you. But right. Yeah, that's definitely a fun Right. One.
0: Right. In, in my mind, you know, I've always kind of, I've kind of looked at, um, you know, stage by stage T, like what kind of clients do I de- deal with? And in my mind, uh, three categories came into mind right now while you were speaking. Uh, one was uh, preventative dog owner, so people who want to get their dog trained before something bad has happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pr- the proactive dog owner, which is noticing things getting out of hand, and we have to teach them how to get gain control of things that they're are getting out of hand. And then the other one would be like the the reparative dog owner, the ones where we have to go ahead and repair, uh, you know, the neglect, the lack of training, the you know, the lack of focus on a certain area of training that we have to work with. And, you know, the way that we work with each and individual one of those types of owners who fall into different categories, um, you know, it, it, it we have to adjust a little bit. We have to really empathize and get to know where they're at and why that's happening. Uh, because a lot of our job as trainers is how do I motivate that particular person to right. uh, do the right thing for, uh, for their dogs, right? What I see a lot with... Uh, dogs who people who are preventative, you know, these are the people that go, you know, I got a four-month-old puppy uh, You know, I need help with potty training, you know, he's not crazy or bad yet uh, But we just want to make sure we start off on the right track so that we don't have problems down the line uh, Those types of people we see are actually pretty you're pretty good at staying on top of it, right? Those are the people who are putting in the homework who don't want big problems ahead they have a better idea of kind of the macro big picture of You know, downstream, I know if I put a lot of work in up front, I'm not going to have any issues down the line. Right. But then we kind of get these people who, what did I call it? I forget what I called it. But the people in the middle who are starting to notice what is going wrong and now they want to control it before it gets out of hand right Uh, these people i feel are some of the most eager to learn because they saw what happened when they weren't paying attention Mm -hmm. um and if the knowledge we give them they eat it up and they see the results and you know they walk their dog better on leash or they they start utilizing like a crate um or they start um you know they, they start using more commands they start requiring certain protocols from the dog inside the house and they start seeing how uh, by just having these little expectations and rules um, That they're able to fix the dog now the last one these are the the restorative the the ones where we have to actually try and turn the dog's behavior around These clients tend to be some of the hardest to work with right and and I don't mean you know in any judgments of uh, you know if your dog has problems that, that that you're hard to work with but what we see is usually by the time that the dog has developed a behavioral issue uh, where they need professional help in order to, to, to try and even just manage the dog's behavior, we actually see a lot that the habits of the owners have been a certain way for many years, many months. Um, and it's h- harder for us as dog trainers to, to guide them through changing those habits because they've existed for so long. Right. If you have if you had bad habits with a puppy, you know from age two months to four months, well, we can turn that around in about a month. Um, but if you have bad habits with the dog for three years, four years, and you as the owner are used to behaving a certain way for two to three to four years, it is harder for us to train you to fix that issue. Right. And 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 to maintain that issue, um, just because you're out of practice, you're not conditioned to do it. So. Um, yeah, I mean, just to kind of give you guys a little bit of insight of, of, of that. Yeah, I mean, I think it
1: definitely, we talked about this the other day, that it was, of course, correlation doesn't always equal causation, but a good percentage, I would say definitely at least more than half the time. Depending on what the dog's issues are, you can somewhat gather the personality type of the owner. No. And, and you can be wrong, I mean, you know, like if I'll talk to somebody, um, the example I used last time was somebody has an aggressive dog, an older aggressive dog, like years old, not, not like, you know, just started these issues recently. Mm-hmm. And we speak a couple times on the phone. And so the next plan of attack is I'm going to come meet with you or you're going to come meet with me or however that goes. And of mm-hmm. course, I'm going to go into this meeting very open to learning whatever little nuances about you and the dog I need to learn. But I've already got a rough outline of what I think is going on. Only because, you know, depending on the type of person, some, you know, there are certain types of people that you can already kind of guesstimate would never even let the dog get to this point. So there are a lot of tells there and it's fun to kind of play that game. And it's fun to, one of the favorite things that I get to do when I'm talking to someone and evaluating a dog is I ask them questions and, you know, we kind of go through a few before I start to give my opinion on what's going on because I want to know what they feel about a situation. I'll ask them to grade something on one to 10, or I'll ask them, you know, mm-hmm. to describe to me what's happening and what they think the triggers or whatever the case are. Um, right. And then we get into it and I'm like, you know, it's, I explain and they're like, Oh, they feel like, oops, I'm wrong. And I'm like, no, it's, it's good that I, I get your input because it tells me a lot about where you are mentally. And I need to know these things in order to,
0: to start to, to bridge that gap. Yeah. To try and figure out a lesson plan for right. the human. Right. I think that's, that's important. Um, but the original prompt. I just want to go back to the original prompt. but we what we talked about is, you know, how sometimes um, it's hard telling an owner no, or it's hard telling uh, telling owners the truth of what they really need to hear. And and, and what I've realized as a as a dog trainer, uh, you know, growing up in the industry, right? Um, it's it has a lot to do with your ability to explain. And make things make sense right Um, for example like if I don't have the verbiage or the word or the ability or the the schematic in my brain to explain something complicated in a simple form then it kind of comes out as well you're a bad dog owner and you've been spoiling your dog and you need to stop spoiling your dog right and it's that simple either that or a bunch of jargon yeah or it comes off as well the dominance and the, right you see what's happening the pack leadership is really weak in the family and in order for the dog to actually feel safe and secure it just sounds like a textbook or right, sounds right. like like some like some so there's a, there's a really easy way and again if I take it back it's not easy cuz it takes practice it takes practice and learning how to speak to people learning how to empathize learning how to understand cuz there's been situations where i've been so heated, just upset at the client. And I go, well, you know, we really need to um, focus on not putting the dog in that situation. And maybe the dog would not have reacted that way. And in my mind, I'm thinking, and you wouldn't be in this fucking position, right? right." right, So sometimes, so sometimes my emotion, you have to learn also how to control that and empathize with the client, have compassion for the client and know where they're coming from because sometimes when you lose sight of feeling for the human, the one who's paying you, the one who is um, you know really really the one who is investing in this dog, that's why they called someone to help them in with this dog. That's something that we forget. Sometimes we just go, you stupid dog owner! I can't believe you did this to this dog. It's so ridiculous. Like I can't, I can't believe you let it get this far. But you got to remember, this person is trying to remedy the situation. This per- person is trying to get have a better life and seek better options. That's why they called a the freaking dog trainer. You right? Know? Yeah, that's why you have so, a job. Yeah. That's why we have a job. So we have to do right by the dog, and make sure that we learn to speak to the humans very, very well. Yeah, and you know, and if. Oh, I'm sorry. Go continue. Ahead. I was gonna say, if you're one of those, if you're one of those dog trainers who are are having trouble, I, I, a couple bits of advice that I'd give you. I would say, remember your goal. Remember your goal. Uh, your goal is always to help the dog. The way that you help the dog is by showing empathy and compassion for the human, without giving them permission to continue doing the bad things that they're doing still but guiding them and giving them hope and giving them support and making them feel safe with you. Mm-hmm. That is the only way you'll be able to be effective as a dog trainer. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of times if you're insecure in your own knowledge base, keep learning. If you're insecure with, you know, maybe this is the right vernacular or the right verbiage to use to explain something complicated or complex, write it out. I think it's really important for you to write something out and know what you sound like and know know what it sounds like, right? Like situations like this, there's so many times I would record myself explaining something and I'd hear it back and I'd go, oh, that was crap. Right, what the hell or, did I just say? Yeah, or I would go, you know what? That was dope. <laughs> I can't believe I sound like that. Or I, I, I didn't know that my thought put into words sounded like that. Right. And so, so it's really important for us to, the same way a dancer practices dancing or the same way a gymnast practices a routine, you have to learn to, not to speak on the fly, but make sure that whatever knowledge it is that you have, make sure that you're able to, to explain something complex very simply, and if you can do that, you'll be an effective educator. Yeah. And that includes being able to tell people, no when you need to, and they're wrong when you need to. Because remember, it's all for your dogs.
1: Right, and, and here's like a helpful tip, you know, to be a little more practical about it is, I'm an introvert. I'm a huge introvert. Uh, hopefully that doesn't come across on camera. But and like in, in training, you know, I think I do a great job dealing with clients because it's my job and I can speak to people. You know, we we, were, we both read that book with Brene Brown, which is like in the context of work, I can talk all day. But just in and of myself, I don't I don't really I can do it. I'm good at it, I, you know, but I don't it doesn't energize me. Um, right. So the way that I feel like when I feel good, I have no problem when I'm, when I'm tired or stressed or, you know, naturally speaking, it gets harder, but I practice it. So the tip is, you know, do practice with, there are ways to actually practice speaking to people. There are books and there are, there are different little techniques that you can do, um, you know, certain like phraseology and like, you know, all these fun little things that you can play with when it comes to the language that you speak. And so when I'm not feeling it and it's just not coming to me intuitively, I lean on it, you know, from like a technical standpoint, I'm all right, well, I know I can do this and do that. And then naturally conversations have that kind of flow to you're not feeling it, but you're doing it right. So it still gets better. And then once it's better, now you are feeling it. So then you just go, um, a hundred percent, right. So that's a hundred percent. That's a fun one. And I think that when we talk about, when we talk about not getting angry at the client, the way that I try to look at things is, you know, I try not to look at it as, like, understand where they're coming from. I try to look at it as, like, understand where they're trying to get, you know. And, I love that. And I, and I, that's that's great. I, I tell people all the time, especially, you know, all the different things that we do, the rescue game, the, you know, the, the I'm a board member for. The breeders. Yeah. yeah the breeders, the
0: rescues, the shelters. Yeah. Like we're, we're the middleman for all of these, the owners, you know. Yeah. Like we're in the middle.
1: You know, and so for all these things, I always tell people, listen, ultimately, we all want the same thing. And you can't lose sight right. of that. And I understand that you may be stressed out right now, but we're both pushing right. in the exact same direction. So there's not really supposed to be friction between us. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. that's a that's a tough one, I think. You know, and I think emotional intelligence is is the big one. When you get angry at somebody, it's like, why are you so mad? You know, it's mm-hmm. ultimately mm-hmm. you're working on it. That's like you said. This is why you're here. This is why you have a job. You should be grateful. You mm-hmm. should be present. You should you know put yourself aside yep. for the good
0: of these people. And that and that right then and there. Or what you just said I think is what most young passionate dog trainers need to really understand. It's, right. it's separating the emotion control because the reason we become dog trainers is because we fucking love dogs. Mm-hmm. We love dogs. We're protective of dogs. We want to advocate for animals. We want to save them. We want to do all these things. But just always remember the only way you'll be able to save the dog is by learning how to speak to their human. Mm-hmm. And and I love the point. And, and this, is, this is something to your credit, Mariano. You have a very different style of speaking to people than I do. I'm more of like an entertainer. I'm I like, to, I like to really connect and be intimate. You have a wonderful way of being direct, being concise, being logical, being empathetic. And it's like this wonderful ability that you have to just get to the point and motivate people to go forward. That's yeah. the thing. Well, cut the fluff, that's, that,
1: the that's always been my thing, you know. Cut the fluff yeah, I'm the, the master, of, that...
0: fluff. I'm the master <laughs> of fluff. I'm the master of fluff. I love fluff. I love making people feel warm. I love making people feel hope. I love making people feel all these things. And that's just the difference in our styles and I think we're both very effective in the way that we work. Um, well, but yeah, I think it's really good for people whoever's watching this. Um, we see two different styles that are both effective.
1: Yeah, well let me say this you know? and, and I don't want anybody watching this to be like, you know, these guys are annoyingly like patting each other on the back but, but i'm gonna say this because since you describe my speaking style i feel like that could be because i don't know like i don't ever quantify the way that i talk to people you know so i don't i don't have the words to explain it to somebody like how i would approach someone um, right. but i think that it's valuable information though like as i hear you say it i'm like oh okay well yeah that's so for anybody listening this is brent's talking style he says fluff it's not fluff it's he has a way of of using words in a way that like really capture an emotion and you can see i've been in the room with him i don't know how many times where he's evaluating you know i learned from him so i I would sit there and watch them talk and i can see the owners go from this emotion to he starts saying what he's saying and then they're like oh shit and then you know he's like he's building it in such a way that it's like a movie it's crazy and and it's it's like this ride almost you know it's there's definitely a place for that as well and so You know again I want people to know that to know that these things work and I think that what makes it work in your case is you still dance that fine line you know because you and I have seen even just with the people we work with together like directly there are people who attempt this Who either it comes off ass kissy it either comes comes off off ass kissy or it comes off textbooky and that's because they don't put the emotion into it because you're Mm -hmm. you know when I say like emotion it's not all good you're you're not afraid to like tell people like it is either you know that emotional ride can go either way and so when people say the words without the like yeah it's just it's a big deal because blah blah you know they don't connect with it and it and I can see it kind of falling flat with the owners and they feel like they're being bullshitted
0: right Right, 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 right. Well, yeah. that's great to hear, man. Thanks for, uh, you, you know, you, you do something and you kind of don't have the outside perspective, so I appreciate that. Um, so anyways, I guess for those of you young dog trainers who, you know, are, are working on uh, your skills and your communication skills, practice. Write it down. Take, a, take something that you felt was difficult to explain to a client the day before, and just talk to your phone camera like this. Explain it to them. And what's gonna happen is you got, you cannot be, it's just like anything else creatively. Songwriting, script writing, storytelling, whatever it is. Uh, one of my clients is a, is a screenwriter for a lot of TV shows you guys have seen. And I asked her, I said, how do you write episodic television every day? And she goes, to be honest, most of it's shit. She goes, but under that shit, Is gold and you can't be scared to write the shit you Mm -hmm. can't be scared to 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 just keep writing right and so I would challenge you guys if you guys are working on your speaking skills and your teaching skills I would challenge you to say you know what keep practicing you can write shit down if that's what you're comfortable with you can speak to a camera just like this um, and listen to your playback and be like, oh, I actually said that pretty good or oh, I would adjust this. Can I interject um, real quick? Sorry, I would recommend go ahead, go ahead.
1: doing both though. So like if you prefer cool. one or the other cool, but do them both because When you at least for me, you know, I can speak on the fly, but when I write things out, they feel more Thoughtful, mm-hmm. there's less like likes and ums and and they're more concise you know, Yeah, they're more. Yeah, more there's concise. less like verbal crutch stuff going on and and it'll get you get your point across and when when we talk about writing things down we're not saying like write out a script and then bark the script at the owner because that comes right. across as right you're not talking to them you're talking at them like you ever seen a person in like a middle school class try to give a speech that they mm-hmm. memorized mm-hmm. it's you know talk to your client when you write stuff down it's just so that you retain the information better because you're actively writing it and then rereading it because you're writing it and so you'll you'll 100%. have it right there like on the tip of your tongue but talk to them and read them engage them it's a conversation 100 percent.
0: i love that i love that we really hope that this podcast was helpful for you guys. Um, those of you who are scared to talk to your clients that they need to be talked to in order to get to what we need to get for the dog. Um, awesome. Again, my name is Brent Librato. My name is Mariato. Cool. And we uh, hope to see you guys on our next episode, our next podcast. Uh, check us out. We'll see you later. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the dog trainers podcast, a podcast created by dog trainers for dog trainers or anyone who's ever fallen in love with man's best friend.